Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss when empathy is unhealthy. I have a question this week from a listener, from a viewer. Again, thank you guys for these. Animus at AnimusEmpire.com. If you have a question for me, this one in particular is about empathy and when it can be unhealthy. This listener has the view, the belief, the perhaps hypothesis that a lot of people who claim to be empathic ultimately have poor boundaries. So is all empathy because of poor boundaries or is there a healthy empathy? How do you tell the difference between healthy empathy and unhealthy empathy? A lot to unpack here, but I think we can do it. Yeah, I agree, generally speaking with this listener, that a lot of people who claim to be empathic, they really just have poor boundaries and they don't want to look at the fact that they don't really have an identity. They don't really have their own life to be involved in, so they ultimately get involved in other people's life. They're ultimately really affected by the lives of others. A lot of people who suffer from narcissistic abuse, for, for, for example, have a really good empathy. It looks like really good empathy on the surface. They're really in tune to everybody else, but that's just a manifestation of not being in tune to themselves. I mean, that's how they adapted. That's how a lot of us, a lot of us learn to adapt is we are more tuned in with other people than we are tuned in with ourselves. Try to make other people happy as opposed to making ourselves happy. And of course, this is not going to get us a life that we want. Not one great excuse, one great great rationalization for doing this is saying, oh, I just have really good, uh, good empathy. I'm just an, an empathic person. Now, usually, I mean, you can be. You know, you can be healthy and empathic. We'll get to it. But usually this is poor boundaries manifested. You see this with therapists a lot. Like every... Uh, every other lecture in some therapy ethics course is all about how to avoid burnout. Oh, the burnout that inevitably comes with this profession. Really, I don't feel any burnout with this profession. After I meet with a client, I feel enlivened. I feel excellent. You know what? It doesn't matter how dark we go. In fact, the darker we go in the session, the better I feel because they have their own life. I have my own life. I don't feel responsible for their life. And I know no matter how dark we go in a session, it, there's ultimately a solution there. And I think that is in part how you can have healthy empathy uh, and, and healthy boundaries all at once. So I think the, the first thing to do here is how do we distinguish between healthy empathy and unhealthy empathy? How to tell whether your empathy comes from poor boundaries or because you're a morally upright person <laughs> like I am. I think there's three things here, uh, three indications of, let's just say healthy empathy. And then the unhealthy empathy would be the opposite of these. So the first thing, the first indication of a healthy empathy is you don't feel hooked into people's problems. Now I have noticed this and I've called it the hook. I've mentioned this before, I think in my codependence videos. How can you tell when you're helping somebody in a healthy way versus helping them in an unhealthy way? Is you feel hooked in. You start to, to help them, and at first it starts you know, innocuous enough, innocently enough, but then you get hooked in and it's like, you have to listen to me. If you're trying to communicate something to somebody for, for the purpose of, of helping them and they can't quite understand what you're saying, that's okay, right? That would be a sign of healthy empathy, is if you can talk to somebody, if you can try to help somebody out, feel where they're coming from, but they don't have to understand what you're saying. You know, you don't have to help them. You don't feel like you're hooked into their problem. And no, you gotta understand exactly where I'm coming from. You get it 95%, but not 100%. You gotta understand exactly where I'm coming from. If you don't feel that, 
if you can just let their problem be their problem, no matter how much you may feel it, no matter how empathic you may be, then that is a sign of healthy, of healthy empathy. You know, there's that drive to, oh, you got to understand me. You don't have to, nobody has to understand you. It's more important, of course, as the saying goes, for you to understand other people. But if you feel that, oh, call it a hook, because that's how it feels. You feel hooked into somebody else's problem, then that is a sign of unhealthy empathy. Of course, healthy empathy would then be really not feeling that hook. Just here's where I, I see where you're coming from. Here's what I see what's going on. If you're asking for my advice, here's what I would do in your situation. And that's it. Just let it be that. Ultimately, it's your problem to deal with. And I think that leads, it's very similar to the second sign of healthy empathy, is you let their problems alone. You let their problems be their problems. There are stories of therapists you're driving clients all over town, trying to get them closed for an interview, trying to get them closed for, for some job interview they want to go on. And this is extremely unhealthy empathy. Now, of course, these therapists get lauded. Oh, wow, you care so much. No, you don't care but you're hooked in. You cannot let your client's problems be their problems. You know, it's really important to, I think as part of healthy empathy, is like, yeah, I feel your problem, but ultimately it's your problem. And in a way, it's, it's good that it is. It's good that you do have this problem because this is your opportunity to, to grow and move on and advance to the next stage of your life and the next stage of your adult development. And if I go driving you all around town, to get you close with this interview, that's really not going to help. It may help for the one specific interview, but as far as your uh, psychological growth, your emotional growth, I'm actually hindering you. So that would be another sign of healthy empathy is when you can just let their problems be your problem of their problems. Under feel where somebody's going through, but that that's your thing. And then the third sign of healthy empathy, the one and two are pretty similar, but they're different shades of the same thing. But the third sign of Healthy empathy is healthy empathy is is when you do help, you do it because you want to help, not because you think you need to, or not because you try to get their validation, or not because it would look rude if you don't help, or not because you feel like people won't like you in general if they see that you don't help with this one situation. If you do help, you do it because you want to. You do it because you see that this person listens to you and you can kind of meet them on the same level and it's good for you to help other people, right? It helps you to help other people. Go back to what I say about healthy altruism versus unhealthy altruism. It's good for you. You're not doing it to be liked, to fit in, to avoid people's disapproval. That would all be unhealthy empathy. That would all be uh, empathy driven by poor boundaries. It's not even, unhealthy empathy is not empathy, y'all. It's just poor boundaries. That's what that would be. And then this, yeah, okay, so those are three signs of healthy empathy. You feel where somebody's coming from, but you still feel like they're a separate person and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to fix them. You know, one example, I mean, this is an old reference and I'm probably gonna alienate a bunch of you. When I bring this up, but Hank Hill on, on King of the Hill, that is often a sign of unhealthy empathy. What he does, especially helping his friend Bill, you know, Bill, the bald loser, uh, uh, Bill Dotry. He feels like he has to get himself involved in Bill's life. And this is clearly done from a place not of health, but I need to help this person. Otherwise, they're not going to have a life of their own. And I think it's indicative that Bill never really matures because Hank is always there to help him way too much. 
And uh, okay, so that's healthy empathy. Those are three signs of it. This listener also asks, uh, similarly, how somebody who may call themselves empathic, they ultimately have poor boundaries, do psychopaths who don't care about other people at all, is that an instance of a strong boundary? No, I think a, just because a psychopath may seem to have a strong boundary, seem to not care, may seem to disconnect from other people, perhaps too much at times, not even feeling where other people are coming from, that doesn't necessarily mean they have a strong boundary. In fact, I would say that's most def definitely a sign of a weak boundary that looks like a strong boundary. So it's really the inverse of the, of the person who has a poor boundary but claims they're empathic. No, it just looks like you're empathic. It's like a psychopath can look like they have a strong boundary, but ultimately, technically what a boundary is, is it's your identity. It's the result of how you manage emotions. And psychopaths, they don't manage emotions. So anything that looks like, anything that looks like a strong boundary is not there because you really didn't do the work. You just had, you have this, um, you could call it neurological quirk. Let's just say, to, to put it mildly, you have this quirk that makes it appear like you have your stuff together, but really you don't. It's like the trust fund kid appears to be successful. And in a sense, maybe you could say they are successful, but they really never managed that they really never had to develop the resource. And just because you're a trust fund kid doesn't mean you don't, but I'm just saying the typical, you know, playboy trust fund kid, you may appear to be successful, but ultimately, if you look at your inner resources, you never really had to do the work to become successful, to make that kind of money, which of course is ultimately why trust fund kids have a difficult time in the world, just like psychopaths have a very uh, difficult time with the world. Now, a well, um, a well-taken-care-of, let's say, uh, a psychopath who does have that genetic neurological quirk taken care of, they can be successful, but um, okay, I have a lot of disagreement with that because there, there's a, a broad definition of psychopath there. Um, but there could be something like the psychopathic gene that could make you more successful, you know, more ruthless in business, but not unless that is well-taken-care-of throughout your childhood. Right? Not unless there's strong nurture to go along uh, with that nature, as we would say. So I think what we see here, and this is very important when it comes to psychology, is you can have somebody, or excuse me, you can have two different people partaking in what looks like the same action, but completely different intentions. And because there's a completely different intention behind it, one is very healthy and one can be extremely unhealthy. So you can have two people who will both appear to be empathic. One, because they've done the work on themselves, they manage their emotions, they are able to connect with people in a profound way. The other, they are abused and they have very weak boundaries, so they just tune into other people. Now, it may look the same on the surface, but the intention behind it is completely different. Same thing with the psychopath and the person who has worked on themselves, manage their emotions, develop a strong boundary. They will both exhibit strong boundaries. Now, one is coming from a completely different place than somebody else. So much in psychology is not what you do. That's why we do not talk about adapting a, a healthy behaviors here. That's not going to help. You don't need a healthy behavior. What you need is a healthy psychology. What we talk about here is how to develop a healthy psychology, how to manage your emotions from which a healthy boundary, your own identity is the natural result. 
then whatever behaviors you think you need to take at that point are going to be healthy for you. And that's what we work on here at animusanimusempire.com slash schedule. We do free consultations. If you have any questions, we have a definite process to show you exactly how to talk through emotions, exactly what emotions to talk through, exactly how to talk through these emotions. We do not leave it up to guesswork. We will put you into a process here. I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's an iterative process. And eventually you'll get to the point where you can have uh, both a strong boundary, have a strong psychological identity, and at the same time be able to connect with people. All right, thank you guys. I'll leave it there. And yeah, I think that's a pretty good approximation of, of psychological health is when you can exhibit both empathy and strong boundaries.